0: That's one small step for man, one giant leap for man. This is the Cosmic Voice.
1: Nothing But Business with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Cosmic Voice. This is Season 5, Episode 2. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. What up, what up? And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris, good evening. Good morning to you. How are you? Good
0: day, sir. I am doing fantastic, brother. you looking awesome. How about yourself? How you doing? I'm doing very good, very good. We're creeping up to the
1: holiday season. I mean, like, Thanksgiving is just like... A week or two away, and then yep. and listen, then it's a silly season. But they've already been running Christmas music, which you could actually get 24-7, 365 days a year on the Sirius XM channel. But then, you know, all their specialty Christmas things they're gonna be they're running. But Hallmark's been running, they've been running since October. They went nuts and they figured if lifetime can start in October, so can we.
0: It's crazy, man. You know, like everybody complains that they pushed Christmas early, but I mean, literally Christmas is right around the corner. I mean, for you you've been celebrating since July, but you know, it's, it's crazy, man. It, you know, time's just flying, bro. It's amazing. I
1: know this year alone. I mean, I wound up getting some new couches. Well, I should say this. I got some additional couches. My wife decided, Hey, we need more sitting room in the house. So when we have people over and I'm like, well, wait a minute, when did we decide to have people over? So now <laughs> I have, I <laughs> have, one room has two couches, another room has two couches and a recliner, and another room has a couch and two recliners. I'm like, who's, who's coming over? Because if they're coming <laughs> over, I'm out there, you know. So anyway, I got couches <laughs> all over the place. My biggest problem is, where am I going to put my extra trees now, Christmas trees? Because usually I have three of them up. Because I want to walk in every room and go, bang, there it is, it's Christmas. I don't want to walk out of a room and go, wait a minute, what's going on here? So over the years, I've accumulated some trees, all right? Every room, I hit it, boom, boom, boom. Now I got more couches than I can shake a stick at, and I got no room for my trees. So my wife goes, well, we're only going to do one tree. Literally, (laughs) like my jaw dropped, I I, I dumped in my pants, I was like, wait a minute, what? I mean, I was, I mean, like, I didn't... You know. Does she I, know who she married? Yeah. She crazy? I, well, you know, she's taken over the next set of years, so who knows? I don't know. You know how it wow, goes. Wow, dude. Let me tell you something. I'm going to work it in. Don't worry about it. That's the way it do, works. You, do, do you put a tree in your studio? Uh, down here? Yeah. Yeah, There's. I'll get a little tree here at the desk. you get a little yeah. tree? Just, maybe, just, maybe
0: you're going to. I may, I may have to be forced <laughs> to put it down here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it's, that's awesome. you know,
1: it's good stuff. It's good stuff. But yeah, right around the corner, man, you know, the home centers, they were ah. early October. You had your Grinches out. You're crazy. Everything was crazy, man. But that listen, that's crazy. the way
0: it goes. And if it helps the economy, I guess, if anything. and you say, Yeah. And you said you I'm, I'm sorry. You said XM uh, serious XM's running uh, Christmas music. They have a season channel already? There's
1: there's several. There's like the classic Christmas stuff, and then there's like the new stuff where, you know, they thaw out Michael Buble and, you know, and some of that kind of stuff. And and then they have one that's all year round, like, right? It's a mix of stuff. So it's, you never, and I have that on my app, you know what I mean? And I -hmm. I go to it several times a month just to kind of, you know, beef things up when things are going not the way they should be.
0: I know what I'll do. I need jingle bells in my life.
1: That's right. You know what I mean? Like, all right, let me see what I can get here. And then all of a sudden, you know, Andy Williams is on. It's the most wonderful time. (laughs) And it's like June. It doesn't matter. It may. You know what I mean? End of (laughs) August. You you know what I mean? snows like a fading memory, but, you know, whatever the case may be. So...
0: Season five, nothing changes.
1: Nothing changes, just <laughs> just some of the topics, but a lot of the answers are exactly the same. <laughs> this, every show starts the same. That's every, me, right? every show starts <laughs> the exact same way. People are like, oh man, here we go, another three months go. of Nick holiday stuff. <laughs> making this christmas mixing is christmas man i mean yeah already we're like five, awesome. five minutes into christmas so you know what i mean <laughs> episode two episode two of the new season so
0: what's been going on with you anything going on with you no brother you know just coming out of the summertime had a had a super busy summer like we talked about the last episode so nothing man i'm gearing up for the holiday season and uh just like you are and that's it brother that's it hopefully uh Hitting the studio with the new band, hopefully by um, hopefully a little after Christmas, right after the New Year. So looking nice. forward to that. Other than that, that's nice. it, man. That's nice.
1: it. Yeah, I've been in and out of the studio working on several projects, stuff with my band, stuff with some external projects, some additional stuff. Other people I'm working with. I've kind of been exciting, but it's I, I can't seem to get a get away from the studio too often anymore. <laughs> but I guess I guess you can't complain. It's better than digging ditches, though. I've done that too, and. And stuff. So one or the other, it's all good. It's all good. All right. With that, let's get to the topic of tonight or this morning or this afternoon or any time of the day that you may be listening. We're going to talk about bands buying onto the show. Bands buying onto the show seems to be a new fad. Actually, it's not a new fad. It's a fad. It's not really a new fad now. But now it's an open talk about fad. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of your nationals, they don't mind talking about it the same way. They even talk about, like, who wants to buy onto the show. They put it out there. It's kind of like a a big one ad. You know what I mean? And then you have bands bidding on stuff. One of the things that I'm seeing is that when nationals are coming through, and you know this. They would usually get a host of locals to then bring in the people, sell the tickets, get the money. Yeah, sell the tickets. A lot of these nationals that have these tour packages already in place, they're not even worried about locals. They don't care about the ticket sales because most of the stuff is already paid for. Not to say that they're not getting paid because they will get their cut from ticket sales, but they're not relying on local bands anymore. Now, there's still some, and you'll be able to see them when there's like five or six local bands and they're all putting <laughs> yeah. on a 25-minute set or whatnot. But when you have these tour packages that are coming in and there's there's the main band and they have two or three bands with them, well, chances are they've already paid for the expenses. So yeah. it's, it's becoming a new trend more so now after the pandemic than before because everybody's trying to make their ends meet, not get cut short. Maybe make up for lost time or to, you know, cushion the pockets in the event that something happens. What do you think about it, buddy?
0: You're a pro at this. You know what it is. Back in the day when I was working the truck and and it was, you know, a lot of bands complained about selling tickets because they believed it was a pay to play. And our thing was like, well, it's not a pay to play because we don't make you pay for the tickets up front like you get money for you know however many tickets you sell, and, and if you can't sell them all, then you just give them back. So we didn't look at it as a pay-to-play. Although I, I understand the, the thought process behind it. I think the one time I don't know if I ever really thought much about it, but many years ago I was at a, a small club in Delaware and it was like a big metal fest, and one of the bands on it was um, kind of up and coming, and they're they're pretty. I won't give away the band name. Uh, they were pretty up and coming, and and they're like hugely popular now. They're not a, like a great A selling out stadiums kind of band, but they could probably fill a good small theater. and And I got talking to the singer, and I'm not sure if he meant it. I don't know if he meant to tell me or if it just came out, but in our conversation, and unfortunately I don't remember the conversation, but he ended up telling me that they, you know, that they paid to get on the tour and that they were only getting like 75 bucks a day to play. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, you guys are crammed in a van. You paid to play and you're only getting 75 bucks. Now, obviously being in the, you know, the extreme metal band that they are, you know, obviously they're not going to be making tons and tons of money, but I thought, man, you paid to play. And you're only getting seventy five dollars, and you know here when we're in this small little club, and you know your merch is literally like squeezed on this little table, and that's when I realized that man, that this this whole buying tickets, selling tickets, buying show, you know, buying to get on tours is it, it's crazy. But as I got older, I realized why they do it, and I think you and I, I'm not sure if we said it on the last last week's show or if you and I said it off the air at that time. You had done a show pretty previous and it was a national and the club just booked locals. Some were cover bands and some were originals. And I mean, it's just, it's not even a matter of like now it's just whoever could sell tickets and and pay for the show. It doesn't even matter. Like if you want to, I mean, there was a time where they would never put a cover band on a bill, but now I mean, that's just the the way of the world now. I was never a fan of paying to get on a tour, although I understand it. And I'm not going to sit here and lie. I mean, if somebody with a big name came to me and said, "Hey, Chris, we don't want to take your band on tour, but it's going to cost X amount of dollars," depending on the band, I, you know, I may consider it. But then the the other end of that is, what are you getting out of it? And are you going to are you going to ride that out? Like, what, like after so, okay, you pay to play thousands of dollars whatever it is you do the tour you do the pictures you do your social media then what do you do after that do you just go home or do you continue that do you still keep you know because you got to keep that fire going you and i've talked about it many times like what are you getting out of it and if you get exactly what you want out of it do you continue on do you ride it like you have to build on that and if you don't build on it it's kind of a waste really i mean you know depending on what you want your band i mean if you're just doing it because you the opportunity and you don't care what happens after that then rock on who am i to say but if you're in a band you're trying to do something and you do pay that money and the tour is over well i'm hoping that you build off that i mean you you know you you go back to those places because those people saw you and maybe do a corner you know do what you guys always do just kind of get in a van and and you know do little tours here and there you know we spend a week or you know a couple weekends just hitting those small towns back and just try to get that name up and i don't know man you know I get it. I'm not a fan of it, but I get it. And as I've gotten older and how this business changes, I understand it more and more every day and every tour that comes around. Well, I'll preface it by saying
1: this. The industry just in the last two years has changed several times. It's like changing ownership hands, right? Right out of the pandemic. Business was changing before the pandemic because things were going down the tubes. And then with the pandemic coming out of it, when the gates opened there were some things that were being done differently because of the restrictions right but it changed again this year because a lot of the businesses didn't survive a lot of the bands didn't survive people needed to come up with another model to make money now again this is a secret a dirty little secret that's been around a long time there's talk that you know van halen did it you know paid to be on stuff and early on and like so on and so forth but i do want to say this the distinction there is a difference between selling tickets and paying to play you sell tickets you have to cover that end but you do get a piece of the tickets that's usually how it is when you pay to play there's no money that's kicked back to you you're literally paying for the slot so there is a big difference listen in the 80s if we put on our own shows like Beef and Beers or whatever, we would sell tickets because yeah. you want people yeah. there want people for two there. reasons. You want people there, and two, you want to cover the money you've already put out, and yeah. thirdly, make some money on it. A lot of those Beef and Beers back then when people actually used to participate in them, you could make some decent money at the end if you needed yeah. it for you know recording or whatever, and that's usually what we did back then. So there really is no difference. Like, you want people to come out? You're gonna, if you're putting your own show on, you pre-sell tickets. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But if you're, if you're paying just to play and there's nothing getting back to you, well, that's a whole different story. And listen, there are venues that still do that. Some of them will... Here's the thing. Some of them will disguise it as, oh, we're giving you tickets. But you don't get any cut of those tickets. You basically right. just bought some paper and your slot, and then you can do whatever those tickets you want with. They'll say, well, you can sell them for whatever you want, you make your money, and you know how that usually runs. <sighs> because by that time, you know, so you have to be careful. I mean, have we all been kind of fault to that? Yeah, prob- listen, you've been in this business long enough, you've been around the rodeo several times. If if you're saying you haven't, it's one thing. But I tell you, I, I've i never paid to be on a bill and or paid to just play a show. That's just something, it doesn't work out that way. Now, I know what you're saying in the event that, like, you know, if Judas Priest came and said, hey, we'd like to take you on tour, but this is what it's going to cost you. Would I love to do that? Absolutely. Could I make the numbers work? I don't know. I'd have to see it. You would expect that, say, I'm just going to use Judas Priest because that's in my wheelhouse of my band sound. Mm-hmm. Um, You would expect that you'd be playing in front of more of your niche audience. Yeah. So there would be some payoff, notoriety or exposure awareness, maybe some increase on your social media, possibly let's just, again, if you bought onto a tour, are you going to have enough money left over to support that tour with enough merchandise and enough quality merchandise then to make up the money? Like you have to think that through and then... I've talked about this in the past. There was a band that went on tour with Saxon. And I was at first like, how the heck did they get that? I don't see, you know. And then I found out through the grapevine, they paid. They only yeah. did about, I'd say maybe <clears throat> six to eight shows. From what I understood, they paid about 4500 bucks. Now, this is about 10 years ago. Right. Okay? right. So they paid about 4500 bucks, but... That didn't include any lodging, didn't include back line. They had to bring all their own equipment. They had to put up their own lodging, their own transportation. Food was was not included. There was nothing included, right? It was just to play at those venues. That means, basically, you weren't making anything from the show performance per se. You were hoping that you would make up the difference in merch, and again, for most in the trench indie bands, hometown hero type bands, do you have that kind of merchandise or enough of it to last you a whole tour? A whole tour. And a t- yeah. whole tour, you know, again, is it a month? Is it a couple weeks? Is it three months? Whatever the case may be. But that's a big chunk of money. Yeah. Right? I have merch all year round but i have different levels of it right like sometimes i have less sometimes i have more i usually have a little bit more before we go on the road and we're planning a tour right and that's normal because you're going to be playing more often in new cities and new and you want to have that available yeah right but if it's like if you've been if you're playing around your same circuit you may not be carrying as much merch right. in stock because it's like well A lot of people have already gotten it or they've seen it, so you're picking up that one or two or or half a dozen or whatever the case may be to kind of balance some things out, gas, money, air, whatever, some food. I don't know one way or the other, but it's now, like I started at the top of the show or the top of the topic, is it's becoming more talked about with a lot of national bands. And it's like national bands that are, well, the A crowd is one thing, B crowd's another, but you're starting to hear it, the talk and the chatter between those C and D bands. Because yeah. they're not drawing the same big crowd, but they're popular enough. They have something in the can that people want to go see. One or two songs. You know, Maybe they had a hit 20 years ago, whatever. But it's still enough to draw a crowd in. But they can create the opportunity for another band that doesn't have that record of a hit 20 years ago, 15 years right. ago. But there is some interest, but this gives them more exposure, and they're paying for it. They're just paying for advertisement and the ability to play.
0: It's Take it, This is Steven Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. I mean, yeah. Listen, like we yeah.
1: talked about before, we were talking about a little last season, just in the, the law of the two seasons, paying for views, for likes, for streams, for whatever, has become part of a lot of PR packages now. It's yeah. normal. It's normal. What was looked at 10 years ago, even five, six years ago, as a taboo, even Facebook, when people were buying likes... Facebook would wipe those likes clean if they thought that they were too much off the chart. Yeah, I, I yep. There's a band I know. I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not even sure they're around anymore. But, like, they had a, over 100,000 likes. I was doing some shows with them. And we had booked a tour through a booking agency. You know, we were working with somebody. So we booked these run of shows with them. And, you know, you get familiar with the band before you're on tour with them. You just want to hear what the music, what's the setup. And I was like, man, how come I never heard of these guys? Like, you know, and they they got this and that and the other thing. 100,000 likes, whatever the case may be. Well, I guess shortly after the tour, I don't know, you know, and this was a number of years. This was like 2015 or whatever. They wound up, like, I guess they bought this package of of likes. And then all of a sudden there was like, I don't know, three, four, five hundred likes left on their page. Like, it went from 100,000 to, like, literally overnight because Facebook was, like, policing the stuff. So Yeah. But now, they're not policing it like that now. They're doing more political policing and, you know, all that kind of stuff since the COVID era. But they're not worried about likes because they themselves are selling sponsorships and boost postings to increase your, your likes, to increase your awareness, to increase your views, to increase your fan interaction, per se, or your audience, I should say, audience interaction because not everybody's a fan, but there is an audience out there that you could possibly solicit. It's becoming a rough market. And as I was talking to you before we went on air, it's getting harder and harder now for independent in-the-trench bands to start really making an impact. All your major labels, whatever you want to consider them, okay, all the different levels of major labels. And when I say that I mean ones that have artists or bands that you're awful well familiar with like you probably have them on your shelf mm-hmm. They're not signing really anybody except other signed artists who have either went solo created other bands I mean some guys are on multiple labels because they're having different bands yeah but you're not seeing that rise in indie independent artists coming up. you're just seeing more of the same artists. Just popping up in different genres, different projects, and it's kind of sad in a way. And it's just making it harder with the oversaturation of music. You know, over sixty thousand a day or more now. I don't even know what the numbers are. I've, I stopped following them because it's just they were kind of nauseating. It's like oh my, my head's spinning. It's like being on a on a, a bad plane ride for two hours back from Florida. You know what I mean? I'm
0: like, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know. I think also, too, I think, you know, with the whole bands buying on shows thing, I think also, too, especially now, I mean, you know, they've always done it like we had said before, but I think now it means even more because the state of live shows, live music is is such a, you know, it's not so great right now. Like, you know, people, you know, because of inflation and, and everything that's going on in the world, people are picking and choosing shows and. And I'm not saying that didn't happen before, but a couple of topics that we we've, we've already mentioned in tonight's podcast, we'll be talking about later on this season. But you know, the cost of touring, and you know, you're not even guaranteeing people showing up. So you get a bunch, you know, if you get a bunch of bands that want to pay to get on a bill, at least you know that you're covered, you know. So if nobody shows, at least, you know, the, the tour technically or the band, the headlining band isn't really losing much if anything at all because a lot of the stuff like you said is already paid for. And I, that's a that's the, that's the thing that scares me the most. You know, it's different a couple of years ago when bands were buying to get on because they were trying to get their name and music out there but now it's you know a lot of it is done because of the the state of touring and the state of live music right now at least here uh you know where we are you know live shows just they're they're just not doing that great so i guess it's safe to say that the
1: numbers of attendees are just down just let's just say nationwide because i can't really speak in Europe or that though from what I understand from some of the interviews that I've done that there are still major restrictions about group sizes how often you can do something or can't do something and how bands are playing or not playing are still enforced throughout Europe in different parts and stuff like that where here I guess the doors are open there really isn't kind of a restriction to it it's just a matter of people's choice whether they're going to do it or not
0: well and that's you know and and i could speak on that i mean at least in germany you know you know i don't know how many people know this and follow our show or follow us on a personal level but you know my band was booked in germany in november and by the time this comes out actually we should have been there but it got postponed a couple weeks ago i mean this thing's been booked for over a year and it got postponed till 2023 because like you had just said europe is in a much believe it or not a much worse Position A lot of the people that would have come to the show, their replies were they didn't buy advanced tickets because inflation and have the money. They want to go see a bigger festival because they can't afford both. They can't afford the big one and the small one like they did say pre-COVID, you know, where they would go, hey, I'm going to go to both. I'm going to go to the little one and then I'm now they're just picking and choosing. Also, on top of that is your, again, another topic we'll talk about this season is, is bands not being able to get to the venues, especially overseas. You know, they can't get to the country. You know, at least if I pay X amount of dollars for a big festival with 20 bands, you know, guaranteed three of them are at least going to cancel, but at least if I pay that money, I'm going to see the festival. A small show, of say five bands, two bands can't get to the country. I mean, you know, two, three bands can't get to the country. Then guess what? You're the shows, uh, you know, it's, it's already looking bad. So, you know, I could speak at least to the German market, you know, and I've talked to German fans and friends that I have over there, and they're all saying the same thing. It's just, it's impossible because inflation is so high on top of gas and they just can't do everything that they want to do. So they're picking and choosing and Unfortunately for guys like you and I, They're picking the bigger festivals, which I get, but, you know, that hurts you and I. So, again, so when I see these bands pay to get on these tours, I go, well, at least the show's going to be covered for somebody. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, these buying on
1: packages, what they're doing is it's they're ensuring that band's existence that you're paying to be on. You're not ensuring that they're going to give you a good show. They're not ensuring that fans are going to be there. They're just ensuring that... That band gets to be around a little longer. That they oh I mean and by the numbers now think about it, by the numbers, it may be a pretty good tour, a successful tour. They're in the black. Yeah, that could be a plus or minus. Even if the meter just drops. Yeah. Hey, that's a plus, right? That leaves room for a sequel or two. You know? (laughs) But what's it doing for those bands? And like you said, it's not uncommon. We talked about this in a couple seasons ago. We kind of briefly skimmed the surface of it. But a lot of your festivals, all those smaller bands, they often pay to be in there. It's kind of like buying shelf space, right? And that's always kind of been the key, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you were going to be on a festival, they would invite you. They would pay your way. You'd be paid for your... Time, your performance, whatever. Even people that do talk shows are usually given some compensation, right? The bigger yeah. the name, a little bit more compensation they get. People just don't do that stuff for completely free. I mean, I'm I'm right. sure there are maybe on the local cable access stations if they still exist. I'm sure they do exist in different places. But what is it doing for those other bands when you do a festival? And you're an early band, one of those early, early bands. The statistics show that there's not much lift, not much lift. I mean, have there been bands? Yeah. I mean, Butcher Babies is one of those bands. Yep. Right? Yep. But they also had the rhetoric that they were touring relentlessly with a U-Haul and a truck. They just never left the road. So they were constantly hammering away. Right. Huntress was another one early on. They were one of those early bands that, you know, were opening up festivals, you know, and they were actually able to pull a crowd over time. But that's not everybody. Right. That's not everybody, unfortunately. Yeah. And like you had said, you may consider doing it depending on that band. But what happens afterwards to build on that? You've now set a precedence that you have to keep paying. Right. Yeah. Unless yeah. something and again there's always that possibility, right? The odds could always roll in your favor that let's just say you paid five grand to do this tour and something happens from there. But that's that's a small percentage of people. What do you yeah. do afterwards? How do you top that without spending more money if nothing happened? You were just another ba- if you were in a package with a headliner. And there was a sub-headliner who has a slightly bigger name. And then maybe a, you're the, either that band under the sub-headliner or there's two bands that kind of go back and forth. You take turns. I don't know. I'm just throwing some hypothetical yeah. stuff out there. Well, again, you just got lost in the shovel. A lot of times, you know how it is, when there's a band, when there's bands five, six, seven, eight bands deep, a lot of times people forget those early bands. And there's yeah. not enough of a crowd there sometimes for them. People have learned that. Like, if I don't know who the bands are, they don't go. They don't go until right before or, you know, the band before the main band so they can kind of get up front or find a better spot. But, you know, they come later. I don't know who those bands are. We do it even for some of the national shows that come to the large arena areas, right? They go, well, who's, who's opening? Well, I'm not really interested in seeing them. I'll come a little late. I've said it, you've said it, I've known tons of people that said it, or, ah, oh, we can get there a little late, doesn't matter, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm okay with missing them, or, you right, know, right, 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 because right. you have no choice, like, you want to see the band that you want to see, you may have to deal with who's ever on the yeah. tour, Yeah. here's how some of these bands parlay it, that actually do make a splash, from what I understand, from people I talk to and some things that I read, I may not understand everything I read. That's another fault of mine. But let's see if I can get it out. <laughs> is that if say they buy onto a package, and again, if they have a good team, they may be able to negotiate some stuff. Hey, look, we yeah, got yeah. you know we can offer this or you know whatever the case may be. So what they usually do is they complete that tour with say the bigger name act. They immediately jump on a tour for themselves as the headliner, coming back around to those same cities, but the smaller venues, right? So that the tickets are lower. They can know that, okay, we can definitely, based on our response from the tour and what merch looked like, we could probably do this at this capacity. Instead of playing the Wells Fargo Center... They maybe go play the TLA, or they go play the Fillmore, or something like that, right? And then they come back around, and then that's when they determine, is this band capitalizing? Now, the thing is, is not every band can do that.
0: Not every band can do it. If
1: you're direct support for that major act, and there's not a third player, yeah, maybe, maybe it might work out real well for you. Real well for you. This is what a lot of European bands do. Yeah. When they're trying to make their bones here, right? They'll tag with somebody and then they'll come back around again and they're doing well. I mean, like, except right now is doing a lot of dates at a lot of places that are much smaller than maybe what they played a number of years ago and a lot smaller to whatever they play over in Europe. But they're just hammering through shows and keeping the name out there. I mean, now, again, they have 30, 40 years worth of stuff. There's a lot of history and quality with that band. But still, my point is, is they're not taking on these large, large spectrum type venues, but they're working more
0: theater type houses and things of that nature. And they seem to be doing pretty good. I think that also comes into play of like, because there's a couple of like really underground death metal bands that do that, that are pretty, pretty big. But what they'll do is they'll play the small bars just to make sure that there's interest, right? Like, just to make sure if we can put 50 people in here, you know, or, you know, 200 people, whatever, 250, then maybe we can go a little bigger. You know what I mean? But let's test the waters where we're playing places that's not much of a risk, right? Where we could, you know, lose our shirts, right? Right. And right. then if the, if the tour is successful, then we'll come back around and we'll do bigger venues. Sure, sure. Just, just like back in the day, you saw your opening bands do the small venues. Then they would do the big venues with the Nationals opening and then they would do the, you know, the, they would just grow. Right, right, like, right, right. And you've seen a lot of
1: bands do that. Like, I yeah. mean, that was commonplace. You're yeah, not, that's what they did. You're not seeing that now. No. You're not seeing it no. the same way. No, no. No, I mean, no. there's many bands, numerous bands, countless bands. They're playing regular shows. They get the opportunity to open up for some nationals. But then they're back to their regular shows. They're back. Nothing yeah. ever happens because most of the time, these nationals, they don't talk to anybody. There's no interest. They don't care. They don't come in until their time. There's no yeah. interaction. You know, where back in the old days, you would hear stories of, hey, take you on tour. Or, you know, hey, yeah, a guy yeah. seen you in this, you know... I've had some feedback that, like, you know, the, some of these bigger headliners, they their management comes into the room, or one of the band, hey, man, you guys did a really good job, and there's a little bit of talking, but never once have I been asked uh, hey, would you mind coming on tour, would you want to yeah. do a couple extra, hey, we're going to do a couple more shows along the East Coast, you know, why don't you come with it, that stuff doesn't exist anymore, why? Because no. that cuts into everyone's take, and there isn't yeah. that much of a take anymore, Yeah. So, like you said, these bands are putting together these packages and going, hey, look, our management team just put together a 12-15 city tour. Here's where it is. It's already mapped out. We're following, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here are the venues. We can give you a 30-minute slot if, you know, or you want to get a 45-minute slot or whatever. Here's the cost. This is what it is. This This is what you pay us. You'll have to cover all the rest of this. Because none of these bands, now there are bands, I've seen it, I've been on shows where some of these bands that are touring together, they are sharing equipment. Right? Yeah. yeah. They work oh, out yeah. a deal because they may be doing it together, right? right. And, they, and they go, right. look, yep. you throw in this, I throw in this, we get this percentage, you get this percentage, anybody here at the bottom, you know, this is what we get kicked back up. It's like a pyramid scheme anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's Amway for bands. <laughs> Hey listen maybe I they have you- it right, right I don't know <laughs> well,
0: listen I right, listen. You are listening to the cosmic voice with your hosts Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels and, you know then there's there's things like you know, you would mentioned it earlier do you pay the big money? To be on the big festivals with, you know, the big weekend festivals with 50 bands? Or do you put that money, you know, let's say like you're a band, right? And you have a decent amount of money to go one or two places. Do you pay to get on a tour? Or do you pay to be on one of these big weekend festivals of 50 bands that you're just going to be buried in anyway?
1: You and I have talked about this many of time over the years privately. I think we did do a small discussion, season one, yeah, season I think we two, touched on it. and this is my answer now as was then. If you have money in your hand to do something with, do your own tour, book your own yeah, tour. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm a firm believer. You get out there and you you get a run of shows. If you're going to spend some money, pay a booker and be involved. Don't just say, "Hey, book me some shows," and you don't know what they're doing. Get involved. Tell them what you're looking for, what you want, yes and no things. You veto it. You agree to it, whatever the case may be. You massage the thing so it works for you and go out and do it on your own, yep. right? So if yep. you're going to lose money, at least you lost money doing it your way. If you're your going to make yep. any money or you're going to save some money or whatever the case may be, then at least you're doing it on your own. If being part of that bill... Or show, as you're talking about, is a little bit of a lift in terms of, is it a PR lift? Does it give you a little bit more awareness as you're promoting your other shows? Well, then you'll have to balance that out. Have I done stuff like that? Yeah, I've been part of bigger shows while I was doing my little shows. I package it all together for myself. Next year, I'm putting some shows together, and I'm getting on some bigger things because that's part of our new model that we're kind of working towards after 12 years. But then I'm also still building, you know, our nest egg of just hitting the road, take you know music out to the people, and and you build that around it. And it just makes sense. This way, yeah. I can control the money. I'm not giving the money to somebody else. Listen, I'm tired at this point of making other people rich, and I try to avoid it. I'm not making myself rich, so why should I make other people rich? Your average consumer, that's what they do. They make other people rich daily. We buy other people's products. We buy other people's food. We watch other people's TV shows. We wear other people's clothing, so on and so forth. It's the way of the world. I'm not necessarily bitching about it, but what I'm saying is, if there are things in your life that you're trying to achieve, then you need to curtail what you're doing for other people. Yeah if it's taking away from you, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I, I can't buy so-and-so if it's taken away from my mortgage. Right. And it's the same thing as right. like, trying to be a working artist. And a working artist could be defined as a lot of things. Like if you're at it every day in the trench and you're still digging the hole, well, you know what I mean? You're a working artist. You're out there. You're doing this. You're doing that. You can't just be throwing money out. And I've talked about this before. People talked about like, oh, you got you to gotta support the scene. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah, but it's not economically feasible if you're trying to do the same exact thing. Me showing up at a club every night is not feasible because it's taking me away from doing and honing my craft, my business model, right? To me, supporting the scene is being a quality artist, showing up on time, being professional, a positive influence on it. So you're bringing something to
0: the table, not just standing around at the table waiting for scraps, (laughs) I agree, brother If you have the money, do it yourself, man Put yourself out there Yeah, but like again, like you said early on You have to weigh out the options
1: From what I've seen on the paperwork The options aren't really that good Again, you're making somebody else rich And you're taking all the chance Yeah Right? Once you put that money up That other band's not taking the chance anymore They don't even care if you show up Because it's an ironclad (laughs) contract If you don't show up, you may forfeit the rest of your opportunity to play. They get to keep the money and bring somebody else on. Because like P.T. Barnum kind of said, maybe said, people made it up. Maybe it's been misquoted. There's an ass for every seat. There's (laughs) always somebody that's going to jump up and go, I'll pay it. I'll I'll do it. it. Yeah, because ego drives that. Ego drives that.
0: Yep. I'm not saying that
1: I'm oblivious to that or better than that. No. I mean, listen, everybody works the same way. You just have to balance it out. You have to weigh out the options. Can I do it? Can I do it? And like you brought up, you brought up a fantastic point. How do I parlay that into something else? Where do I build on that? So if I'm going to invest this money, again, we'll just use the the number $5,000. I'm not going to invest $5,000. That $5,000 is just not for that run of shows. It's that window of opportunity that follows that. Am I yes. making connections? Am I connecting to resources that are going to help me down the line? And again, how do I do that? I got to do, do that by being positive, being be out there, being, you know, paying attention, learning as much as I can so that maybe I don't have to do this again. Yeah. There are ways around it. And I guess it depends on the level that you want to do. I told this story before. I interviewed somebody. They were all over the U.S. opening up for big names all over the U.S. I'm saying to myself, who is this band? How are they doing this? Their likes didn't show it. Nothing. After talking to their representatives after a while, like I, you know, became friendly. They were buying tickets to be on these shows and then just giving the tickets away. Giving away. And so they're flying from city to city, putting up all the money on themselves. They had a bit of a cash that they wanted to spend. They figured if I align myself with big, people are going to think we're big. I get that mentality. I do. There's a model to that. It's been used for years in tons of industry, not just the music industry. It used to sell. It used to really be a thing. But now it doesn't. It doesn't it's a harder sell and quickly I don't even think they lasted the year they didn't even finish the shows because
0: they couldn't afford anymore to fly fly back back. yeah it was just a crazy stuff I think too unfortunately with the with the you and I talk about this all the time with the the day and age of social media everybody is trying to look more important or bigger than they are and they're not making you know that could reflect on not making good business decisions Because you're too worried about what you look like on social media instead of just doing, you know, smart things for you. You know, whether it be ego, whether it be trying to prove something, you know, that unfortunately could lead people down the wrong path also.
1: Absolutely. I know the heartache. I'm always standing on crates or boxes on my pictures so I can look taller in my social media photos. (laughs) I know exactly the the problem. (laughs) I struggle with it every day. No, but you're absolutely right because it's become such a thing of you know, my life is great, my life is better than yours, look at what I'm doing, Yeah. that, you know, it's unfortunate that some people, it's just a facade and they can't even deliver with it. It really is, it's a shame because we've built society like that now that it's affecting all aspects of society, right? So now people are expecting more, but people aren't giving more because they don't really have more to give. Right. In right. reality. Right? right. It's very difficult. It's, yeah. it's a half a percent of a half a percent of the people that could give all the time and it not be affected by it. But for the rest of us, like you said, people in Europe are affected by the economy shift, inflation. Of course, right now, the war over in you know the Ukraine is affecting the morale and the feeling of spirituality, the energy all throughout Europe because people are afraid of it affecting them Literally in the physical sense, now, you know, nuclear threats like the 80s all over again in in that respect. So people are curtailing their spending for a lot of different reasons, out of fear, out of lack of, and it's terrible. And we're feeling the same thing here. It's just that we may not be seeing it the same way as they're seeing it. Because a lot of our wealth is independent here as the government is hands off. Over there, the government is more hands on. And when they decide something, it affects the people as a whole. Right. So right. there is that trade-off, but I understand it. So it's affecting everybody. But I don't know. And I'm going to say the same thing that we said once before when we slightly talked about this topic. You really got to weigh out the options. Yeah. Like I said, in my opinion, you. I think you agree because we talked about it is if you're going to do it,
0: you're going to spend that kind of money, do it for yourself. Yeah. 100%, man. 100%. You know, and going back to our very first episode, honestly, success is measured by what you think success is, right? Right. My success and your success may be two different things. So whatever you think success is, and that's what is most important when you make a decision like that. Like, what is, what is your ultimate goal? Does it make sense? Always bet on yourself, right? That's right. Take the chance because, you know, if Take
1: you're going to lose at least you lost on your own terms and you pick yep. yourself back up and move on. I mean, yep. you could do a short tour, have great shows, maybe smaller attendance in littler venues, make a little bit of merch, make a direct connection with the people that that carries you on, that you get to do it again. You could put out six, $7,000, do a tour and you can't, how are you going to rebook those shows? It right. wasn't right. your management that did it. You may not even have management. You just know yeah. how to sign a checkbook. That's it. Yep. That's your management. So you didn't connect with the club in that regards. And if you played early, you didn't pull a crowd because nobody knew who you were. And the venues, they see that. Rather, you take a small thing, you get in with some other bands. If you're hitting a new venue, a new region that you haven't played before, you always go in as a support. Unless you really carry in numbers. That's a different story. But you always go in as support. You get a better response. The pressure's off. You get to enjoy more. And the chances of you making more, and again, making more could be defined as a lot of things. Are you talking finances? you talking If you don't spend money, that's making money. If I'm spending $200 a month, I'm just going to throw out numbers. I know some of it doesn't make sense. If I'm throwing out $200 a month in my private life for a gym membership that I don't use, but I'm putting it out, that's $2,400 a year. If I cancel that gym membership, guess what? I now make $2,400 a year. It's still my money. But it doesn't go out anymore. It sits in my right. bank account that I can use for something else. Yep. Right? Yep. So, in yeah. essence, I've quickly now made more money by just change how I do things. And it's the same thing for doing your tours and your booking. And you can work out food. You could work out Backline by working with other bands in smaller venues. Say, hey, listen, I'm on the road. I'll support the bands. I'm bringing minimal stuff. Any possibility? We could use your shelves, maybe some right. cabinets, Whatever. Damn. And now you're making money because it's less you got to take on the road, less manpower, less gas. Because the heavier your vehicle, the more gas you're running. <laughs> you don't have to bring a trailer. So going through tolls now, because if you've been on the tolls at the PA oh. Turnpike, it's going out the roof. Forget it. It's crazy. Forget it. It is crazy. It's crazy. It is. So yep. if you've got a trailer, now you're paying twice. It's like two yeah. axles, right? Oh, yeah. So, true. Yeah. 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 You're already saving money. And if you can get somebody else to play for you, then you stay home. You save a little bit more money. You know, that's kind of my goal right now. I've talked about this before. I get somebody to take my place, and I still write the music and retain the copyright. Then I, I'm I'm doing pretty good. It's the Kiss way of life. It's the, Yeah, I guess. Well, no, it's kind of like the Mick Jones way of life for Farner. Oh, yeah, you that gotta, too, yeah. Yeah, you just get it, you know. That's, that's what the singer to the Sabotage did, too. He, you know, he still yep. got but he let somebody else do all the work. Maybe he got the right yeah, it's, idea. That's right i don't know all right buddy what do you think you got anything else you want to add Uh, no i don't think so man i think i've said everything yeah listen do it yourself if you can weigh out the options you may be that half a percent that it really pans out for but if you weigh out your options do your due diligence then you make your decision if it's something you still want to move ahead do it more power to you good luck Everybody deserves a shot at the dream, but if you think you could do it a different way, I suggest that you do it that way too, right? Because you'll get more creative, and at the end, you got a better education, and you'll probably have more fun doing it. If you like that episode, check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the Cosmic Verse. You'll never know what you'll find. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher,
0: and so many more. Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.
1: You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing
0: but business.